0: My faith looks up to thee. Look up, look up,
1: God is still on his throne. Look up.
2: Well, good afternoon, everyone, my dear
3: friends and (laughs) those who may not be my friends but would like to be my friends. Great to have you all today on this beautiful, cloudy, not super cold, but a bit chilly Wednesday afternoon here. In I was going to say Lake Macquarie, but we're in Newcastle, <laughs> so um, it's good to be here on the Looking Up show, folk. And you are with Sharissa and Danny and the wonderful Shell. Yay! It's a wonderful. Good to day. be
4: here, being your friends.
3: Yes, indeed. <laughs> it's good to have two friends, two consistent <laughs> friends on a Wednesday afternoon. But we did meet Shell last week; she wasn't with us. She obviously had a better offer and she needed some time away, <laughs> some time away. But anyway, it's good to be here and wherever you are joining us from on this Wednesday afternoon, if you're listening in live, a big warm welcome to you. And if you are listening um, at a different time via our app, you have, um, yeah, you've, you've come through that. We want to give you a big warm welcome as well. Now, when it comes to the app, Charissa, yes. how do people get the Faith FM app.
4: They should go to the App Store mm-hmm. and look it up, Faith FM. And the reason they should is because you can easily browse all the past episodes of our programs mm-hmm. um, through the podcasts there on that app.
3: And we've done a lot of different series, haven't we? We
4: have. We have.
3: We've just finished the Three Angels series, Three Angels Messages series. That we was did an a, epic series. We did a series on Daniel before that. Yeah, we
4: did a series and, on
3: And And today we're beginning a brand new series, aren't we?
4: Yes, we are. Tell us. This series is all about Matthew 24. So the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew, chapter 24 in particular. And as we unpack it, I think our listeners will understand why we've come here. Because Jesus' disciples once asked him a very important question that Mm -hmm. pertained not only to their time back then, but to our time today. And Jesus' answer is just amazing to study. Mm. So really looking forward to it.
3: So that's what we're, that's where we're going today, folk. Um, it's a new series. You're going to love it. Um, invite your friends. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh.
0: <laughs> Good um, thing.
3: I think I'm still alive. Gems don't come oh. to radio. <laughs> just as well, just as well. I hope you're socially distancing from me wherever you're listening from. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing that as well. If you've got any phone, uh, well, if, you, if, if you'd like to connect with us through the phone, and you've got a message, prayer request or something, give us a call 0488817624, 0488 Give us a call. There will be a giveaway as well, as always. And so lots and lots of good things to share. After this music break, um, we're going to be listening to Janine Allway and Tapestry. We're going to come back with looking at what's happening in the world and how does that relate to the coming of Jesus. So don't go away, and we'll be back.
5: Oh, you afflicted one, tossed with tempest and not comforted. Do not fear, for you will not be ashamed. No weapon that's formed against you will ever, prosper or have dominion over you my child you've been chosen for a purpose won't you trust me i'll see you through this tapestry's not yet done you're a working progress. pieces being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am Oh, distracted one burdened and weary by the way of this world Please remember This world is not your home Behold, I am coming quickly My reward with me To give to all According to their works Hold my hand You will conquer this with me You can do all Things. This tapestry's not yet done You're a work in progress A masterpiece is being spun You can't see what I see Trust me, I am that I am You have my word I began a good work in you And you know I will Carry it on Till it's done This tapestry's not yet done You're a work in progress can't see what I see, trust me, I am that I am You can't see what I see, trust me,
3: I am that I am hope you enjoyed that lovely song Wow, welcome back Big shout out to a couple of my friends, Brad I had a hit with our friend Brad. Remember our friend Brad that came and talked to us about the rallies? Yes, I remember. Yeah, well, I had a hit tennis with him today. We (laughs) had a bit of a hit. So he's not a bad player, not a bad player. We ran around and got a bit of a sweat, which was really good. So Brad, if you're listening, big, big welcome to you. Big, big hello. And my friend Eddie, so he's down in Melbourne. I was just chatting to him on the way here. He said he'll be tuning in. So we've got at least two people tuning in.
4: Oh, praise the Lord. That's that's always encouraging. That's always
3: encouraging <laughs> indeed. All right, now Sharissa, there's been a lot taking place. It um has. a lot taking place in the in the last week. Yes. And so I think we're gonna start off with um yeah, the big news out of the United States right. of America.
4: Roe versus Wade.
3: Roe versus Wade. I've yes. been trying to
4: read up about it to understand the history behind it, but yeah.
3: Yeah, so what have you found?
4: Well it was in 1973 That's right. that there was a law that was passed. Uh, the pseudonym is Roe Jane Roe, pseudonym mm-hmm. for somebody else's name. Can't remember her name. Um, and was it to legalise abortion as part of being a constitutional right?
3: Well, they said, yeah, it's part of um, uh, part of the freedom of privacy okay. under under the freedom of privacy. Something something like, like that. Something like that in the constitution where they said obviously the Constitution doesn't say anything specifically about abortion No. one way or the other. Um, it was not an issue, you know, when the, when the Constitution was being formed, you know, almost 250 years ago. However, um, they extrapolated from part of the Constitution in connection with the privacy issue that, yes, um, a woman has the right to choose to... Have an abortion. I think up to twenty-two or twenty-four weeks. I can't remember mm. what the An indifferent up until the up until the the time of viability or mm-hmm. however they refer to it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was overturned. Yeah, that was overturned <laughs> by
3: the Supreme Court. Yeah, by the six justices, it was six to three. Yeah, um, and yeah, there's obviously been. A, there's been protest, there's been commentary. Um, that doesn't mean that abortion is illegal now in the United States no, of America. A lot of people think that it's now illegal. No, that's not the case at all. Um, in case some of, some of our listeners may have come to that conclusion, abortion has now simply been um, given to the states. Mm-hmm. So each state can determine um Whether it will allow abortion and to what degree, and the laws surrounding abortion. So it'll be state by state, which is, which is, um, it's back in the hands of the constituents Mm -hmm. of those states.
4: Mm -hmm. Yeah, just amazing um, watching the debate, reading the debate about people for and against on social media and in the news and watching it on the news. yeah, well, how how do we see this as a sign of the times? Well,
3: this is a huge sign of the times. Not so much um, this overturning of of this you know of this law um, that was put in place almost a half a century ago, but it's a sign of the times of where we are at. Um, you know, abortion on demand today is very popular mm-hmm. in the Western world, including here in Australia, although we don't have any federal. Um, laws concerning abortion in Australia. Each state um, has has legalized abortion to one degree or another. And if I'm not mistaken, um, we may have one state at least in Australia where you can have a woman can have an abortion almost up till birth. Wow! So that's almost forty weeks. Mm-hmm. And um, and so yeah, there are some pretty rough and tough stories in connection with that babies um, that are aborted. They're born alive mm. and they're left to die. Mm. It's it's just really horrific. And um, you know, I was I was I was taking a look at um, the numbers. I think I might have shared them um, on a, on a previous occasion, so I won't. But it was it was interesting to to discover that here in Australia, I went to Children by Choice. Mm-hmm. Um, they're an organisation that obviously you know promote and support women who would like to have an abortion, and they say that in Australia half of all pregnancies are unplanned. Mm. That's a lot of pregnancies that are unplanned. Yep. So, um, And half of the unplanned pregnancies are terminated. Wow. So that's a lot of terminations.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and they go on and say between one quarter and one third of all Australian women will experience an abortion in their lifetime. Wow. So these are pretty pretty big numbers that we're looking at, and and before we go on, I really want to just um, pause and and yeah share my share my heart with with women. There may be women right now that are listening that have had an abortion. Mm-hmm. I know it, I know women that have had, mm-hmm. and um, for for many um, the trauma, the pain, the emotional grief. Following an abortion, um, whatever the circumstances were at the time, but you know, in the years in the years following that abortion, it's really tough to take. So our thoughts and prayers are with you. And, Absolutely. And um, yeah, although it's not God's plan, God's plan is to give life, mm-hmm. and children are a gift from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Children are precious. Um, Psalm one thirty nine very clearly tells us, you know, mm-hmm. that whilst we are in the womb and and we are right there in the midst. Of of the womb, right at right at conception, um, God's hand is over that life, and um, and it's precious in the sight of God because God is the life giver. So anything that takes away from life is not part of God's plan. But even Mm so. You know, God forgives, God restores, God brings healing. Amen. So, yeah,
4: I, I love, I appreciate all of your comments right there, and and you did just refer to Psalm 139, and just for the benefit of all of yeah. our listeners, because it's such a, it's one of my favorite psalms. I, I like calling it a birthday psalm because yeah. it seems to be a good time to reflect. But Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14. Uh, God's word says for you that is God formed my inward parts you covered me in my mother's womb I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well. It's amazing.
3: Mm, It is. It is. And even verse 15, if you want to read verse 15, it just goes on and says that. And 16, while you read
4: it. All right. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written. The days fashioned for me, when as yet there were none of them.
3: So, this, and then
4: the next one. So yeah, carry on, carry how on. How precious also are your thoughts mm. to me, O God? How great is the sum of them?
3: And verse eighteen, while you're at it.
4: <laughs> if I should count them, they would be more in number than the sand. When I awake, I am still with you.
3: Can you? Isn't it just beautiful? So yeah. how, how God, how God sees life. This is how God views He's life. He's the
4: maker and giver of life.
3: Absolutely. So um. Yeah, so it's – I don't know. I don't know what to say, Sharissa, but I do believe that this is a, a sign of the times when, yes. um, you know, abortion um, – it's interesting, if, if just Bill Clinton, um, you know, we're, we're aware of, 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 you know, the former president of the United States, Bill Clinton – Uh, Whilst he was president, this is what he had to say about abortion and how times have changed. And he was a Democrat. Mm -hmm. He was a Democrat. This is what he said. Um, Abortions in the United States should be safe, legal, and very rare. Mm. Safe, legal, and very rare. This is from a Democrat president, Bill Clinton, um, and this is like just over 20-odd years ago, 25 years ago. Now they're not very rare at all. Now, you know, they're the norm yep. in, in, and they're encouraged. And so, you know, whether it be through, you know, through, uh, uh, you know, a surgical abortion or whether it be what's known as an abortion pill, mm-hmm. um, half the abortions are through abortion pills uh, mm. that are given you these two, these two ingredients um, that bring about an abortion. Whatever the case may be, it's just normal today. And, and there's even celebrations where people celebrate their abortion. Really? Yeah. They get together okay. and they, they almost like have a party. They celebrate their abortion yeah. that, um, that they are now free. And there are many employers, massive. I'm talking like the big corporations in America. Um, some huge corporations, including like JP Morgan and others that pay their, their, their lady. Workforce, are women in their workforce that want to have an abortion, they'll pay for it mm. in order for them to keep working. Wow! So, so the work and the career is more important than that woman having a child, hmm. um, and just incredible. So, anyway, the mm. world's been tipped upside down, and that that, that that's where things are. And um, that's
4: one of the things Jesus said would be happening.
3: <laughs> that's exactly right.
4: <laughs> Everything would be shifting and changing. There's yeah. um. You want
3: to say something else? Yeah, no, go for it. You may want to share some other things. Oh, uh, yeah.
4: yeah, I was thinking of um, something closer to home too. The, uh, the census results are out. Mm-hmm. And I was looking at um, those, well, watching a little report on those today. Very interesting that in 2016, the Christians, those who mm-hmm. affiliate as Christian, were 52%. Today, it's come down to 44%.
3: Yeah, I know. I saw that.
4: That's very interesting.
3: Yeah, and um, those who have no religion—that mm-hmm. has gone up. Wow, that has gone up, and um, they're almost um, at uh, where are we? Close to close to forty percent. So I'm just looking here at a at a graph um, from the ABC News, and you know, religion, Christianity, we should say Christianity. Which um, back, in the, in the, back in the 60s or before the 60s was yep. hovering around 90%, you know, is down to, like you said, just over 40%. And, uh, you know, there was almost no one that ticked no religion. I'm not even sure if it was on the survey back then in the 1950s and 60s. But now it's, um, yeah, nearly up to 40, 40%. So you've got these two lines converging. Christianity is going down, mm. and no religion is is going up, mm. and it's it's just incredible how how times have changed.
4: And that said, uh, this article that I'm reading here it says that we shouldn't assume that people know about Christian affa- Christian faith and that it's not important to them, but it also doesn't mean that they're closed or hostile to Christianity. So mm. even though they're not marking it on the census, and so maybe they don't have a Christian uh, affiliation, it doesn't mean that they're closed. To being that's right, so to hearing about Jesus and knowing about Christian faith
3: uh, that's exactly right yes so so there are more and more people that are open um, however we have to find different ways to be able to engage with them and speaking of that you know we've got um we've got a special dinner and a talk
4: oh I'm glad you brought that up
3: yeah, this coming Saturday night so this is probably yeah. a good time to give it a plug so um
4: what have you what does it say there?
3: Okay, well, this is a, a Faith FM dinner mm-hmm. with um, Robbie, Robbie Bergenen Bergen, so is that Rob Bergen. <laughs> Bergen. <laughs> going to call him something. Who knows? <laughs> Robbie Bergen and Lyle Southwell. So oh, right. our own Lyle. So our own Lyle from the Morning Breakfast Show.
4: Our own Lyle from Breakfast Show and Robbie from the Faith Experiment.
3: That's right. Yes. Yeah. So they're going to share at a free dinner this coming Saturday night at six thirty p.m. The title of their talk, or what they're going to be looking at, Is There Hope for the Future? Wow. And I think that's very timely. Is so, There Hope for the Future? And I'll give the details. Yeah, please do. Okay, so it's July 2, this this Saturday night, 6.30pm, at the Pioneers Memorial Hall, 54 Cowper Street, Walls End. So Great. Pioneers Memorial Hall, 54 Cowper Street, Walls End, and the dinner is free.
4: There you but, go. But it's you going need, to be packed.
3: Yeah, but you need a uh, you need to respond in order for them to cater for you.
4: Is it is it necessary to respond?
3: Um it says here RSVP and it gives a phone number. Okay. So I'm assuming um they will need to call. So this is the phone number you need to call. So if I, get your pens ready, 0438 4740080438474008 and we will um we'll share that again later on in Good case idea. you missed it.
4: And I think um I do have a little insight on that and that is if people like forget to book and they still want to come you should still come because uh, there's no like they've made catering available just in case we're expecting people that may not book.
3: <laughs> yeah, definitely so. So you just come along. Just come. Come, come just come along. Also um yeah, we need, to, we need to keep in prayer the, those who are refugees. And, you know, we, we hear on the news about Ukraine and, you know, mm-hmm. millions streaming across the border. But I discovered that unlike any other time in recent times, um, certainly post-World War II, we have more refugees in the world now than ever before. There's 100 million refugees. Wow. So there's never been that number um, post-World War II. Amazing. And that number is growing. Yeah. That number is growing. So conflict seems to be, sadly, the order of the day, and there is more and more regarding that. Um, so, yeah, whichever way we, we, we look at what's going on in the world, whether it's climate issues, droughts affecting many parts of the world, including um, Italy, its largest river, is running dry, and they're, they're preparing themselves, embracing themselves for really tough times mm. in the next six months um, so heat waves in Japan and elsewhere, inflation. floods, inflation, floods in Sri Lanka and India, North you Bank know, in dislo- oh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And so we're going to be dealing with all that in our Matthew 24 series, folk. And um, so stay tuned. You're going to really enjoy this series that we're going to be bringing to you beginning today. In the meantime, we've got a song for you from Kaylee Reed. She put the music in me. We're going to have the news after that. And then we're going to come and get stuck into the signs of the times that Jesus gave us.
6: It started with rock by comforting when I'd cry all in her own style. Then popcorn before my eyes Turning frowns upside down Into smiles With songs of the birds up high Looking at the blue, blue skies The wind as it rushes by Then leading me, guiding me Walking beside me She helped me to walk in the light And she built my house on
3: Indeed, we are here, ready to go anywhere. We didn't, we didn't go anywhere, and hopefully, our listeners haven't got anywhere. And you are ready to roll. Time to come back, indeed, indeed. Come outside, come from outside. Oh boy, oh boy. Well, Sharissa. Our study for today is on Matthew 24. Before we get into that, we need to ensure that we give everyone the opportunity to be able to connect with us. So if you'd like to give us a call with a question, I should say a text message, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I keep Mm -hmm. thinking call, but it's a text. (laughs) If you want to text us your question or you have a prayer request, here's the number, our Faith FM looking up number. It's 048888. One seven six two four. So it's O four triple eight one seven six two four. So text us your questions and we will deal with them as we go along. So just a reminder: there's the Faith FM dinner this Saturday night from Robbie Bergen and Lyle Southwell.
4: They won't be cooking.
3: They won't be cooking, but they're going to be dealing with a very important topic. Is there hope for the future? Mm And that's here in Wall's End.
4: Yep, two high-octane presentations.
3: And it's a free dinner. Indeed. Free dinner, yes. Indeed. They will be thoroughly blessed. So the number to call if you want to book in for the dinner, it's free, 0438 474 008.
4: Otherwise, just show up.
3: Yeah, just show up and there will be something there for you to the enjoy.
4: Pioneers is it Memorial Hall? It's
3: our Pioneers Memorial Hall, 54 Cowper Street, Wall's End. Excellent. So that's that. All right, Charissa. Yes. We've got a, a prize which we will let people know oh, as we go it? along. Oh, Where is it?
4: It's right there.
3: It's right there. Oh, here it is, End Time Living. <laughs> what would I do without Charissa and Shell? I'd be up the creek. End Time Living. All right, this is a great book by Mark Finley, Essential Truths for trouble Times. So we're giving these away today. And the code word will be coming, I guess, probably in the next segment.
4: Yeah, let's do it next segment.
3: Okay, next segment. So anyway, this is our book, End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times. You won't want to miss out on that. It's a wonderful book. So prepare yourselves for the code word and then you can text away. And how many we've got? We've got about five. five. We've got five books to give away today. All right, Sharissa, you will be leading us in this Bible study. Matthew 24 is such an important chapter Mm -hmm. given towards the end of Jesus' ministry.
4: Yes.
3: And the parallel chapters are Mark 13 and Luke 21. Mm -hmm. So these three chapters are extremely important and informative when it comes to helping us understand where we're living Mm. and, I mean, as in where we're living in the stream of time and also... How to prepare for the soon return of Jesus and how to prepare others.
4: Sounds extremely relevant. <laughs> so uh, let's get going, shall we? We open with prayer, maybe?
3: Indeed, indeed.
4: Let's pray. Our wonderful Father in heaven, we're so grateful that we can be here on air studying your word with our listeners and we just invite the Holy Spirit to make plain to us the teachings of your word. Help us to understand better, uh, the Bible and Lord, we pray that you would grow our faith in your word so we can be ready when Jesus comes. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, well, as you were saying, this is an extremely relevant chapter, and we'd encourage everyone to grab a Bible if you can. If Mm -hmm. you're not driving, otherwise we'll read it all anyway. But yeah, it'd be really good for you to see these words for yourself in your own Bible, because as you were just saying, this chapter is relevant because we're actually living in the time when these predictions that Christ made, you know, millennia ago, are are becoming true.
3: 2,000 years ago. 2,000 absolutely. years ago. And we will see how spot on all this is. It's just phenomenal.
4: Yeah, absolutely. And it's almost as we read it, there's almost even a chronological um, flow to the chapter as we will will explore and see how that's important. But yes, this is an exciting chapter. So maybe we can begin and uh, we can read together maybe verses 1 and 2 just to set the table um, for our time in this study. So maybe Indeed. you can read that for us. <clears throat> With
3: my croaky voice. And, folks, <laughs> if you've picked that up, you're like, is that really Danny? Yeah. It is Danny. He's got a croaky <laughs> voice. So um, I got, got a bug last week. But, anyway, I'm getting better and um, we're getting there. So Matthew 24, verse 1 to 2. Then Jesus went out and departed from the temple, and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down.
4: All right, so this is actually a pretty epic introduction to the chapter because the temple for them was not just another church along the street. The temple was hugely significant Mm -hmm. to the Jewish mind. Uh, What would it be like
3: well it was it was the pride and joy of the nation. It was the centerpiece of their religious experience it was It was where God resided mm-hmm. um, in their midst uh, when i mean the, the temple has its origins in the sanctuary mm-hmm. um, there in the wilderness when the people came out of Egypt when I think it's um Exodus 25 verse 8 where God said to Moses let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell amongst them mm-hmm. and so the the temple is more than just a building That's right. this is the place where God would dwell with his people and so this was the most holy the most sacred the most um yeah the most
4: special place special
3: place in 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 Judaism
4: mm-hmm. and i mean it if that's exactly right and it was also a very beautiful building because Solomon had something to do with this too didn't
3: he yeah he did um so obviously the we've got the the the, the temporary structure you could call it that mm-hmm. or the movable mm-hmm. sanctuary that was built um in the days of Moses but then you've got Solomon yeah so he built the first permanent structure uh, and it's called Solomon's Temple, and you can read about that in the Old Testament. That was a beautiful building, a magnificent building, one of the most magnificent buildings in the then known world. However, that was destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar in 586 BC when he besieged Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, as God said would take place if His people continued to refuse um, to, you know, have have Him as their God. And then it was um, rebuilt again mm-hmm. after the captivity when the that's Jews right. came back from Babylon. It was rebuilt. They were to be there for seventy years, according to the prophecy of Jeremiah. And then they rebuilt the temple under you know Nehemiah and Ezra. Um, so and it has a really bell. great history. That's right. That's right. And then it was added to you know in subsequent years. But then, especially Herod, King Herod. He lavished the temple, and he, you know, he added to it, and he beautified it. And so, in the days of Jesus, it was it was not quite um, the glamorous temple that it was in Solomon's day, but it was still a magnificent building.
4: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, there's this magnificent building that's got this incredible history that goes way back to the Israelites leaving Egypt, and then that beautiful temple that Solomon built, and all of its rebuildings, and, and all of that. And then they show him, it says they show him, the disciples showed Jesus the temple, and he says, do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, not one stone will be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. I try to put that in my modern mind because, you know, it's hard for me to, to, to do what they did. But I'd be like, it'd be like us going to, you know, the city of Sydney. You know? So
3: they're being on the outskirts. Yep. Maybe they're. Um, what is it? Is it not horns? Be um, <laughs> uh, what What's where? Where's the hospital?
4: Our Wuronga. Uh, Wuronga,
3: Yeah, Warrunga. That's on a high place. You yeah. can see all the way down into the city.
4: Yep. Seeing the beautiful harbour bridge, that's right. the opera house. Everything.
3: And saying that not one stone's going to be left. That's upon right. Another. This and- will be levelled. And Sydney will be leveled in one generation.
4: And anybody who you say that have this conversation with would think that's the end of the world. Like they that's would. crazy. That's a nuclear bomb. That's something, you know, yeah. something very significant and that's exactly how it translate translated for the disciples. Right. Um and it gives it away in the next verse. Maybe you read for us verse Well, three. even
3: before then, when we're talking about these stones. Mm-hmm. Um it's interesting in Mark chapter 13 and verse 1 because Matthew 24 has the parallel passage there in Mark, which is Mark chapter 13 and Luke 21. And so, you know, we need True. to read these three chapters together because, to get you know, a that yeah, to get a complete picture, exactly right. And in Mark chapter 13, verse 1, it's interesting there. Um, the disciples, as they show Jesus the temple, they say, Teacher, see what manner of stones and buildings are here. Mm. So they're they're, they're saying, Lord, take a look at these stones of, and really the context here is, um, and I can see this Matthew 24 series is going to go on and on because <laughs> there's just so much to share. The context is the previous chapter,
2: uh-huh. verses
3: 37 to 39 of Matthew 23. Jesus for the last time leaves the temple. Okay. He has he has uh, left the temple. He has shared um with the scribes and the Pharisees the woes, you know, woe to you, woe to you, woe to yeah. you. He's you know, he's he's trying to reach them. He's called them hypocrites and and you know, all sorts of things. Um and then it says th- then Jesus laments over Jerusalem. You know, he laments over Jerusalem in the preceding verses before Matthew 24. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and stones, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a, a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you are not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate. For I say to you, you shall see me no more till you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. So this is the context of the words That the disciples ask in connection with the temple and the context of what Jesus says to them when he says, Not one stone is going to be left upon another. So I can almost, I can almost see what happens after Jesus laments. The disciples say to him, Lord, take a look at the temple. They're trying to cheer him up. Mm. They're trying to encourage him because Mm -hmm. Jesus is weeping over Jerusalem. They're like, It's
0: beautiful. Take a look
3: at the temple. It's beautiful. Look at the stones. And the stones, I've been there. I've been to Jerusalem. Uh And those stones weighed anywhere between two and 500 tons. Mm. There's literally a 500-ton stone right there. And anyway... So they're trying to cheer him up and Jesus will not be cheered up and that's when he says, you know, not one stone is going to be left upon another.
4: Wow, that's really helpful, that, um, that history right there. So maybe you can read now verse 3 of Matthew 24.
3: Okay, now as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age?
4: So after... Jesus' response to them saying, look at the temple, look at these stones. They ask him two questions. Mm -hmm. Um, They probably thought it was one question, but they were asking two questions. Number one, when will these things be? When will this temple be destroyed? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age. Yeah. I guess to their mind, the destruction of the temple would be the end of the you know, the end of the world. Well they could thing. not
3: imagine anything more catastrophic.
4: Couldn't imagine life without it.
3: No, no. Mm-hmm. And so they believe that yes, the destruction of the temple would be the end of the world as we know it. Yeah. Just like if someone would say to you, Sydney's gonna be leveled.
1: Yeah. They would
3: think that this would be the end, Mm -hmm. potentially, you know, all-out nuclear war. Who knows? I mean, Sydney Um, or New York or L.A., you know, to be wiped off the map. And so, yeah.
4: And I guess um, just the one thing that I would like to highlight, well, there's actually two things. In verse 3, you know, the disciples come to Jesus privately and they asked him their questions. And that's a privilege that every single one of us can actually still have. We can come to God privately in prayer and say, Lord, I don't understand. Please help me to know your will. Help me to understand what's what the future holds. And God wants to answer that prayer. Mm. And that's a beautiful lesson for us right there.
3: Yeah, it is. It's a, it is a beautiful point that you raise. Um, and we thank God that We can come to him through his word Mm -hmm. and he speaks to us through the Holy Spirit and illuminates our minds and our hearts. And we're looking forward to picking up some beautiful truths as we go through this together.
4: Amen. And the second thing, the last thing that I'll just point out, it says, you know, tell us when will these things be, but they specifically ask for a single sign. What will be Mm. the sign of your coming? And uh, as we keep going, I think that will also be That word appears
3: again toward the end of Matthew 24. Yeah. The sign. Yeah. Yes. so
4: we uh, I guess we'll come back to that in a few moments
3: yes indeed we will now we've got we've got we've got a few moments um did you want to did you want to go to our music break or do you want to pursue
4: verse four mm-hmm. well we can read verse four because Jesus begins his answer and uh, would you like to read that
3: and Jesus answered and said to them take heed that no one deceives
4: you-huh and that's the theme we'll have to come back to right after the song because Deception is a theme that appears over and over again. Four times that
3: word appears. Mm -hmm. So it's the first thing Jesus says careful you are not deceived. Yep. The enemy wants to deceive us.
4: Yes. And deception is dangerous because it includes a kernel of truth as well as a lie.
3: That's right. And so the only way we can remain undeceived is to to remain strong in the Word of God. Well, we're going to go to some music right now. We're going to be listening to Carly Fletcher. Oh, how we enjoy Carly Fletcher's music. Behold, this is our God. So sit back and enjoy this beautiful song and we'll be back with you in just a bit.
1: We trust firmly in your word The signs are pointing to your coming Fulfilled just as you have said
0: Deception is all around us. Keep your eyes firmly on Jesus. Though the darkness may seem to win, there
1: is victory for those.
3: Beautiful song. Behold, this is our God. And indeed, we are looking forward to that day when we will cry out. Those words are based on Isaiah 25. Amen. Verse 9, where God's people at the end of time will cry out, Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he has come to save us. Mm. Um, so they are precious words. And we're looking forward to that as we keep looking up. And so welcome back to the Looking Up show. Hopefully you haven't gone anywhere. (laughs) We haven't either. And um, we're looking forward to this next uh, segment in our Bible study as we are going through Matthew 24 and unpacking the significance of it in the days of Christ and the the, the disciples and those that would live in the generation after Christ as well as today. Mm. So Sharissa, we ended in verse 4.
4: Yes. Should we but, give the code uh, oh, word? Oh, we
3: better give the code word. Here we go. Yes. All right. Well, let me, let, me, let me share with you what the book is for today. The book okay. for today that we're giving away is very much appropriate. Shell always chooses appropriate books to fill up your spiritual library to prepare you for the soon return of Jesus. This book's from Mark Finley, who's a wonderful mm. author. He's authored many books, and this is a classic of his end time living Subtitle Essential Truths for Troubled Times. You want this book. The number is 17624. That's 048817624. And the code word is
4: Precious.
3: Precious. <laughs>
4: How do you spell that?
3: <laughs> P-R-E-C-I-O-U-S. Yeah. Precious. So that's our code word, and that is to celebrate life.
4: Yeah, because life, life. Is precious. Life
3: is precious. Every gift. life is precious. It's a gift from God indeed, and, um, and we thank God for life mm. because it is precious. So today's code word, to celebrate life, is precious. Love it. All right, so the first five to call in. You will enjoy, sorry, not keep saying call in. The first five to text through the code word, we will be passing that book on to you.
4: Mm-hmm. Precious is the word. Well, I guess if we um, get back to our study, we're, we're currently trekking through Matthew chapter 24. We just set the table. The disciples have asked Jesus a very important question that the rest of the chapter will now seek to answer. Jesus is going to mm-hmm, answer this mm-hmm. question. Uh, Tell us when will these things be? What will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And we noticed that this is really two questions in one. And Jesus masterfully answered both of those questions in his response, mm-hmm. which we're about to see together just now. And we began reading it, um, verse 4, but maybe we should continue our reading just to verse 8, and then we'll back up and just talk about them.
3: Yeah, sure. Now, When you say he masterfully answered both questions, do you want to sort of just briefly elaborate on that?
4: Yeah, I feel like I'll be doing that.
3: Okay. All right. So do you want me to read from verse 5 to? Yes. Verse 7. Yes, all right. Okay, 5 to 7. Here we go. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. A nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places.
4: All right. So when, as you're reading that, I feel like, hang on a minute. He's not talking about a then-time fulfillment. He's talking about today. That's what it instantly feels like mm-hmm, to me. Mm-hmm. But remembering who Jesus is talking to, he's talking to his disciples back then, and he actually was also talking about a then-time fulfillment. Uh, prophecy as well concerning the destruction of Jerusalem. And maybe we can unpack just how that that is true as we look at some historical stuff about uh, what actually happened at that time.
3: That's true. As you have rightly pointed out, this prophecy is a dual prophecy. It concerns uh, the signs that would lead up to the destruction of Jerusalem, which happened in 70 AD, mm-hmm. as well as at the end of time. So Jerusalem... Um, is a microcosm, if we could say, a type type of what's going to take place on a worldwide Mm. basis before Christ comes. Well, indeed, um, Jerusalem was surrounded by the Roman armies Mm -hmm. um, for the first time in 66 AD by Cestius Gallus. He was sent by the Roman emperor to, you know, squash the rebellion that was taking place in Judea during that period of time. And we've just read about, you know, wars and rumors of wars. There was a lot of that going on. Um, A lot of uprisings, a lot of um, messiahs that were arising to fight against the Romans for independence. And so there was a lot of that going on. And so the Roman emperor, um, he sent uh, Cestius Gallus in 66 AD. He besieged Jerusalem. However, after besieging Jerusalem and being on the verge of taking over the city, you know, breaking through the walls, mm. um, all of a sudden, mysteriously, he left. Wow. He left. And um, and that was a sign for the Christians for them to leave. And we're going to get to that as we go yes. along. So we're not yes. going to get into more details on that. But the, later on in the chapter, you know, Jesus picks up on that. And so it was besieged once again in 70 AD or prior to 70 AD by Titus
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, um, and this time there was no escape mm-hmm. and um, more than a million uh, Jews sadly lost their lives in that siege and Jerusalem was not only besieged and um, the walls were broken down but the temple was destroyed um, although Titus gave a very clear command to his soldiers to leave the temple alone um, because the Romans, the Roman government, they respected places that were holy, you know, holy mm-hmm. places mm-hmm. of worship. And so they wanted that to remain intact. But someone threw a torch into the temple and the gold and the timbers and everything just burned down just to up. the ground. And it's interesting because the words of Jesus, not one stone will be left upon another, were literally fulfilled because what happened um, when the flames went out um, the Roman soldiers discovered that the gold, and um, there was an enormous amount of gold. I'm mm-hmm. talking tons and tons of gold wow. in the temple, mm. and I'm not using hyperbole. There were literally tons and tons of gold in the temple, and um, and that gold got wedged in between those stones, those massive, you know, between two and five hundred tons mm. stones um, that made up the temple. And um, in order to get to the gold. The Roman soldiers they um pulled apart every single stone, wow. and not one stone was left upon another wow, I didn't in know that in order to get to the gold and to be able to take that
4: that's amazing, and that's also very interesting too, because you said that there was a you know many who lost their lives mm-hmm. in the destruction of Jerusalem, but it's also interesting. I can't remember where I read this. But the Christians who heeded the words of Jesus, who said, "When you see these things, leave—that's your sign to leave," mm-hmm. they were saved. They were because they understood the signs.
3: That's right. They, yeah. We don't. I don't know whether you want to jump there, um, but Jesus gave um, the sign of yeah. when they were to leave in in verses fifteen. 220. Yeah. Um, he shared, you know, when you see the abomination of desolation set up that Daniel spoke of.
4: Oh, that feels like it deserves a whole program. <laughs> yeah,
3: it does. So we'll look at that. Daniel the prophet, um, yeah. 500 years prior, he spoke of this very event in Daniel chapter 9. Yeah. And so they saw the sign, they read the book of Daniel, they were in tune with prophecy, they heeded the words of Jesus, mm-hmm. they escaped. When they had the opportunity, when the when the sign was there to escape, and um, and the next time the siege came, they they were out. Mm-hmm. I've been to the city where they escaped to; it's in Jordan, the city of Pella,
1: mm-hmm.
3: um, where many other Christians escaped to and continued.
4: It really helps when you've been to all these places, yeah, it brings and, it uh, all alive. And in,
3: in fact, if you go to Rome today, there in Rome itself, there is what's known as the Titus Arch. Okay, um, and it—I it, guess it celebrates, you know, Titus, who became an emperor mm-hmm. after this event. He became an emperor. You've got um, on the Titus Arch, you've got—you've got a carving there of the seven branch um, lampstand being taken away and captives being taken away out of Jerusalem. Wow! So it's right there. So you've got the history yeah. plastered right there in Rome.
4: Yeah, well, that's fascinating. And maybe we can step through some of that history because, you know, Jesus mentioned a number of signs in in his lead up here in the verses, verses five through seven that we read. And just backing up to verse five, he said, For many will come in my name, saying, Mm. I am the Christ, and will deceive many. There are examples of this even in scripture. There are,
1: yeah.
4: um, Of this happening, for example, in Acts chapter eight, verses nine and 10. Do you want to read that one?
3: Sure. It says, um, But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in the city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they all gave heed from the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the great power of God.
1: Mm.
4: All right. So there were these false deliverers mm-hmm. coming up, giving false messages. Most of these messages, I'm sure, were messages of ease and not pronouncing the coming destruction of Jerusalem. Um, is there anyone else? Maybe Josephus, we should.
3: Um, well, even, yeah, we don't need to read the scripture, but if folk are making notes, yeah. Acts chapter 5, verses 36 and 37, and there it mentions um, an individual by the name of Thaddeus mm-hmm. or Thaddeus, I'm not sure exactly how, or um, Thutis? Thutis, yeah, Thutis, that probably <laughs> sounds a lot better, um, <laughs> Judas of Galilee, um, that rose up, and these are individuals who claim to be messiahs, They, mm. you know, deliverers, and once again, as I pointed out earlier, this was one of the reasons why the Romans came into Judea to... to to you know, put an end to these uprisings that were taking place mm. during that period of time. In the lead up to 70 AD, there were more and more uprisings taking wow. place. I mean, remember, let, let's just even go back to um, the crucifixion of Christ. Mm-hmm. Who was supposed to be on that center cross?
4: Barabbas. Barabbas.
3: Barabbas was, and what was Barabbas? Barabbas was an insurrectionist. Mm. He was a Messiah type of individual and he wanted to liberate the Jews through force. And so, you know, from the days of Barabbas all the way through to 70 AD, those 40 years were filled with one Messiah after another, after another, after another.
4: Amazing. And there's some really amazing quotes in um, Josephus' works as well.
3: Do you want to, to let l- l- yep. listeners know who Josephus is?
4: Oh, you might have to. Answer okay, he was a, was, was a Jewish historian <laughs> yeah. who
3: lived in the first century AD, and he wrote um, extensively on on Jewish and Christian relations, and obviously, you know, in the Roman Empire. But yeah, he's he's probably our key historian from that period that gives Mm -hmm. us an understanding of what was taking place.
4: All right. In his Antiquities of the Jews, he says, Moreover, imposters and deceivers called upon the mob to follow them into the desert, for they said that they would show them unmistakable marvels and signs that would be wrought Mm. in harmony with God's design. That's
3: a fascinating statement.
4: Yeah, particularly because of the part about how he says, come to the desert. Um, Mm. Jesus even said, Didn't he say that? Yeah, he did.
3: He said that um, in verse 26.
4: Yes, it says there in verse 26. Do you want to read that?
3: Therefore, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert, speaking of this Messiah, um, do not go out or look, he is in the inner rooms, do not believe it. And then he goes on and speaks of how the Messiah will come. Wow, that's
4: fascinating, isn't it?
3: Yeah, I know. And he's, he's, he's using that same language.
4: Uh, Shall I read another one? Yeah, sure. Um, Deceivers and impostors. This is still Josephus. Deceivers and impostors under the pretense of divine inspiration, fostering revolutionary changes, they persuaded the multitude to act like madmen and led them out into the desert under the belief that God would there give them tokens of deliverance.
3: Mm. This is interesting because um, the, the the Jews were convinced that although the Romans had surrounded them the first time, there was no way God would allow the Romans, the pagan sun-worshipping Romans, to to you know besiege, destroy Jerusalem and the temple. There's no way God would allow that. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. said it's impossible. God is with us. He's on our side. There were false prophets that rose up, which we're going to get to after this. There's a, a song by Chuck Girard. There's so much more. Slow down. We're going to slow down as you slow down and enjoy this beautiful song. <laughs>
0: In the midst of my confusion In the time of desperate need When I am thinking not too clearly A gentle voice does intercede, slow. Spirit of Tribulation When I'm feeling so unsure, when things are pressing in about me, comes a gentle voice so still. So pure Slow death Still
3: Enjoyed that lovely song, wasn't that beautiful, from Chuck Girard, Slow Down. And we all need to slow down, don't we?
1: Yes.
3: We need to slow down, spend time with the Lord, spend time in His Word, spend time in prayer. And you know what, Charissa, as we're going through this study, there is just so much to it. And if you read through the Scriptures quickly, you miss out Mm. on all those precious nuggets, but when you right. slow down... Take and time
4: to smell the roses. Absolutely, and
3: um, compare Scripture with Scripture, you yes. gain rich blessings. Yeah. Before we move into the rest of our Bible study for today, I hope and pray you are enjoying um, this study and especially the history um, of it and the relevance to our day. We're going to be pulling all these pieces together um, week by week. And so today is just the beginning, um, and there's so much more that we're going to be taking a look at. But before that, we're going to just once again remind you of the prize that we have for today. The prize mm-hmm. is End Time Living.
4: Sounds relevant. From
3: Mark Finley, indeed. Can't be more relevant than that. End Time Living, mm-hmm. a beautiful book, Essential Truths for Troubled Times. And I'll just read here a little of, the, of, of what you can expect uh, from this book. Here's, here's just a little blurb. The past is still with us. All of us live with the consequences of choices we made back then. What choices are you making today? How do you want to live your life in the future? And then goes on and speaks of Mark Finley that, that helps us understand how we can make good positive choices today.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
3: End Time Living, Essential Truths for Troubled Times. If you would like this book, book, if you'd like this book, text us on 4 888 But you need to text in the code word, which is?
4: Precious.
3: Precious because?
4: Life is precious.
3: Because life <laughs> is precious. All life is precious. Absolutely. And so 4 And I think we may have a book or two left. Shell, is that correct? Yep. Yep. I think we may have a book or two <laughs> left. So do text us your questions if you've got any prayer requests. I'm just looking here to see if there are any questions. It doesn't look like there are any questions at this point in time, Sharissa. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So people I think are. It's be-
4: either everybody agrees or they're not sure
1: what we're or talking about.
3: Or they're, or they're not sure. Yeah, exactly. Let's open pray that people are so engrossed. Amen. that That. Um, that they're enjoying it. All right, Sharissa, continue rise, my... Yes. Oh, or well before that, the yes. Faith FM, just quickly, oh, the dinner, the dinner, the free dinner and talk with uh, Robbie Bergen. Not Robbie Berger, you but nailed it. Robbie Bergen <laughs> and Lyle Southwell from our own morning show that's um, uh, that's broadcast live here Monday to Friday at this very studio where we are. July 2, this coming Saturday night, 630 Uh, Pioneers Memorial Hall, 54 Cowper Street, Walls End. So Mm. if you're in the area, you want to come along, please do the the subject matter for the evening that they're going to be discussing. Robbie and Lyle is their hope for the future. This is so important.
4: Absolutely. And if you forget the number, just show up anyway if you remember the address. Yeah, the address, absolutely.
3: Yeah, the number is 0438474.com. Double oh eight. If you want to give them a call, give them a bit of a heads up that you're coming.
4: Yeah, it's like an exciting opportunity to meet the the faces behind the voices that we hear right, every morning, indeed, and every day on the radio. So, yeah, wonderful opportunity. I hope to be there too myself. So, if yeah. you're there, say hi. <laughs>
3: I'm planning on being there too. Oh, we'll both. Oh, we'll both be there. That'd indeed. Be
4: exciting.
1: I
3: want to be there. So, um, wherever there's free food, it's a free dinner. I'm there. <laughs> Amen. I'm your typical pastor. Wherever there's free food, you can count on me being there. <laughs> All right, Sharissa, my friend. Yes. We're looking at the incredible accuracy of what wow. Jesus said 40 years ago being literally fulfilled. No. And we've got Josephus. It's not just scripture. No. We've got the the, you know, the historian of the time, Josephus, whose writings we have to this day. Um, sharing with us what Jesus said would take place.
4: Absolutely. And um, that was fascinating how Jesus said, you know, beware of false Christs. And then Josephus talks about deceivers and imposters mm. and trying to lead people into the desert, just as Jesus said, don't go if if they do that.
3: And there'd be false prophets as well. And there, were, and there, prophets, were, yeah. and there were many false prophets, um, even in days of Christ. Uh, there were many false prophets in the days of the disciples following, mm-hmm. you know, the resurrection and the ascension of Christ. All the way through, you can read about them in the, in the New Testament where, you know, false prophets uh, are featured. You know, there's many of them. John in 1 John, he talks about, you know, there are many false prophets that have gone out into the world. And so, you know, a prophet is someone who speaks on behalf of God a Christ or a Messiah figure is someone who says, "I'm a deliverer." Mm-hmm. So you have these—you have individuals, yeah. both false prophets and false Christ—in the time just before the first destruction of Jerusalem.
4: Yeah, and I feel like we could even talk about how do you know a false prophet from a true prophet? Mm. I mean, the Bible gives us a couple of good tests of a prophet, and one of the top ones would have to be—you know—if they do not speak according to God's word, there's no light in them. So when they contradict. The express word of God, as we find it in Scripture, you can know you're listening to a deceiver.
3: Yeah, and we've got we might even have time to take a look at some scriptures from the Old Testament where God warned the people of false prophets that were Mm. rising up and saying that Jerusalem was not going to be destroyed by the Babylonians five six hundred years before the time of Christ. Good yeah so we'll look at that as we go along.
4: All right. Well, the next thing that Jesus said to his disciples in verse six, he said that they would hear of wars and rumors of wars. So he's talking about social unrest.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: Was this a, did can we see evidence of this in the time of the destruction of Jerusalem just leading up to it?
3: Oh, yes, there was there was lots of this, as we pointed out early uh, earlier. Um, you know, the the time, the time of Christ, from the time of Christ, um, through to the destruction of Jerusalem was, was generally speaking, a time of peace. Mm. Um, it's known um, as the Pax Romana
1: um,
3: or the Roman Peace, yeah. which began with Augustus, okay, mm-hmm. the Emperor Augustus in about 17 BC and continued until the time of Nero. Mm-hmm. So just prior to the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Now, Nero in 67 AD commissioned the Roman general Vespasian, which we talked about earlier, to quench the revolt of Israel that eventually ended in the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. Mm -hmm. So there's an interesting um, quote here from, once again, from Josephus, uh, Wars of the Jews, in, in in that commentary that he has and according to josephus vespasian destroyed everything in his path before he arrived in jerusalem because his strategy was to and quoting the words from josephus to leave nothing outside of jerusalem behind him that might interrupt in the siege so there was there were wars everywhere
4: absolutely uh, and even just reading the history around that time, emperors were being murdered. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of social unrest in, in politics and um, people wrestling for supremacy, uh, people being killed because they were standing, you know, next to the throne. They were a threat to the powers at be. So it was a not a peaceful time in, in, by any stretch in those sense.
3: No, that's right. It was a very tumultuous time. not unlike what we're experiencing today. I
4: know, I'm trying to resist the edge.
3: (laughs) Oh, next week, folk, next week, folk, we are going to be taking a look at the modern-day fulfilment of what took place before 70 AD, and you will be blown away. Your socks will be completely blown to smithereens. (laughs) You will never find them ever again. So you'll <laughs> definitely need to have your seatbelts on next week, folk, yes. when we take a look at the modern-day fulfillment of these words that we are reading here. And I'm not kidding. It's going to be huge, mm-hmm. epic.
4: I've got one more quote here from Tacitus. has a different history. Ah, historian. yes, yes.
3: He's another historian from that period.
4: Yes. I just want to read this one. This is from his histories. He says, The history on which I am entering, so this is in the period uh, just after Nero, he says, the history on which I am entering is that of a period rich in disasters, terrible in battles, torn by civil struggles, horrible even in peace. Wow. Four emperors failed by the sword. There were three civil wars, more foreign wars, and often both at the same time.
3: So this is all happening during this period that was preceded by the Paxa Romana. Amazing. You know, the peace, the Roman peace. So the Roman peace has come to an end abruptly mm-hmm. just before Jerusalem is destroyed. So as as um, God's people who are reading the word, okay, they've got the Old Testament in particular that Jesus spoke of, as they're reading what happened 600 years before this to Jerusalem of old and the temple, they're seeing the words of Jesus that he shared with them being fulfilled before their very eyes, and they're like, it's happening again, right on cue, just as God has told us through his son, Jesus Christ. I can just imagine, you know, the what would have been going through their yeah. minds and through their
1: hearts.
4: I mean, this is very faith-affirming us reading it for me now. You know, <laughs> years removed, but it's like, wow, Jesus was spot on in what he said. Absolutely,
3: <laughs> Absolutely. So for us... Sharissa, we have the hindsight of two and a half thousand years ago, the first destruction of Jerusalem and its temple under Nebuchadnezzar, 500 years later in 70 AD and what preceded the destruction of the temple um, under Titus and the signs that we are seeing right now. So if we cannot see that the coming of Jesus is drawing near, we've only got ourselves to blame, Sharissa. Nobody else.
4: Yeah, that's unfortunate, isn't it? But... So it's time to wake up and see the signs. Oh, time to look up, <laughs> indeed, indeed, and look to Jesus because we are living right here. The next thing that uh, Jesus mentioned here in Matthew chapter twenty-four, verse six, was famines.
3: Mm. Um,
4: were there famines?
3: Yes, there were. There, there are some that are spoken of in Scripture. Um, I'll just read one here from Acts chapter eleven, verse twenty-eight, um, and this was a famine. Uh, during the time of an individual by the name of Agabus, and he was a prophet. It was a true prophet of God. Wow! As you read, what a name. Um, yeah, Agabus <laughs> and the great famine. And this is what it says: Then one of them named Agabus stood up and showed by the Spirit. Okay, so through the Holy Spirit, God has bestowed upon him the gift of prophecy at that time showed by the Spirit that there was going to be a great famine throughout all the world. So this is speaking <laughs> of the then-known world, um, the Roman world, which also happened in the days of Claudius Caesar. Mm. And so it tells us, and I think Josephus, you might want to read um, uh, what Josephus has to say. Um, he speaks, well, I guess he speaks of other famines, doesn't he?
4: Yeah, he does. And his he calls uh, there a great famine, He mentions other famines, but um, by the way, I just looked up what agabus means. Literally, locust.
3: (laughs) Is that right? Isn't that
4: interesting, though? Like locust. Yeah, like applying to famines.
3: (laughs) Wow. Yes. Well, we know that locusts come and they ravage. Yeah. You know the land they ravage produce. You know they eat tons and tons and tons in in a matter of minutes. Yeah. So um,
4: there you go. How appropriate.
3: Yeah. Indeed. Now it's interesting that um, God in his word in the old testament in the days mm. of Moses mm-hmm. predicted that these events would take place when his people turned their backs That's on right. God and his covenant. That's right. And that happened, you know, during the days of the Babylonian siege as well as, you know, the one we're speaking of predominantly today, seventy A D.
4: Should we read a quote from that?
3: That would be interesting. Yeah, go for it. Um,
4: Did you want to read Deuteronomy or should we... Let's read Deuteronomy and then Josephus. Yes, indeed. Okay, so Deuteronomy 28:56 and 57. uh, God said that, well, the word of God says that the tender and delicate woman among you, who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity, will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and her daughter her placenta, which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege. That's desperate.
3: That is very desperate.
4: And we maybe have to read the next one a little bit later.
3: I think we will. This is probably a good time for us to go to some music because that is very look. Shell our producers looking at us, thinking, "Wow, did we just read that? Was that in scripture?" And yeah, yes, it was. This is what took place, folk, and sadly, this took place again. But sit back now and listen to the Marksman Quartet, Matthew twenty-four.
2: I believe the time is coming for our Lord to come again. I believe the time is even at the door. I believe the good old Bible from beginning to the end. Just compare today with Matthew 24. We are living, surely living in the days he speaks about. All these things we know are happening every day. Let's be ready for his coming. Let us meet him with a shout, for he tells us in his word to watch and pray. Let each one be free from sin And take heed, no man shall ever you deceive We are living, surely living In the days He speaks about All these things we know are happening every day Let's be ready for His coming Let us meet Him with a shout For He tells us in His Word to watch and pray Shall come upon us when the end of time is near. Many earthquakes will be numerous in those days. All of these today we're having, as in Matthew it appeared. We should live our life for Him and sing His praise. We are living, surely, live. He speaks about all these things we know are happening every day. Let's be ready for his coming. Let us meet him with a shout. For he tells us in his word to watch and pray. We are living, surely living in the days he speaks about all these things we know are happening every day. Let's be ready for His coming, let us meet Him with a shout, for He tells us in His Word to watch and pray, for He tells us in His Word to watch and pray.
6: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
2: The Breakfast Show bits worth repeating there was a sheep that escaped
3: during bushfires in tasmania and they found him like seven years later wow he'd been blind for a long time i mean he hadn't been blind his eyes still worked but the wool had grown over his eyes so that he couldn't actually see anything for a very very long time you think about sheep and god looks at us as sheep and god's like okay i want to give you a good life i want to take the heat for you i want to take the stress for you just trust me walk through the valley of the shadow of death let me take care of that Don't worry about where your food's coming from. Don't worry about where your water's coming from. Let me take care of that. Lyle. Yes? I think I just realized where the expression wool over your eyes actually comes from. It's taken him 24 years. (laughs) Wait, wait. So when the sheep isn't looked after by the shepherd, they grow so woolly that the the wool then covers their eyes and they're blind.
6: (laughs) That's where the expression comes from.
3: As Lawson has his light bulb open (laughs) over here. God comes to us and is like I can be your shepherd Okay, Mm. so you can live your life two ways you can live out in the bush by yourself or I can be your shepherd Mm. which one do you want to choose do you want to take all of these stresses on for yourself or do you want me to carry these stresses for you and become blind and heavy
2: this was a segment from The Breakfast Show join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM
3: You're on the Looking Up Show, folk. We are in the home stretch. Can you believe it, Sherry? So, the home stretch has already arrived. <laughs> it has gone very, very quickly. And um, we are taking a look at Matthew 24 as it has applied in the past and as it applies today. And so, this is a fascinating chapter along with Mark 13, Luke 21. We're going to be dealing a lot more with that in the coming weeks mm-hmm. and next week in particular. So,. Today we have been taking a look at the historical background of what took place two thousand years ago. Mm -hmm. And we're gonna compare that obviously to what's taking place at the end of time next week when we take a look at today's fulfillment. Can't wait. Of what Jesus had to say and the front page headlines, which are gonna be just
4: You'll have all your time magazines here. Oh
3: boy, oh boy, they'll be they'll be here. We'll need probably Oh, we'll need like a three, four-hour show to deal with it. No, we won't. We'll get through it all in two hours. But before the break, um, well, before that, are there are there any more books, Shell? Are there any more books? Or have all the books gone? So She's checking. She's checking. Let's have a look here. She's checking to see if there are any more available. They're all gone. They're oh. all gone. Well, there you go. Unfortunately, okay. folk, they're all gone. So that wonderful book. Um, will be read by our five very blessed listeners. <laughs> Absolutely. End time living. But I'm sure we're going to have that book again. We'll have to have that book again because, um, yeah, it's obviously a very popular book and it's gone through. Are there any questions that have come through, Sharissa, that I'm you can
4: see? I'm just having a look now because I didn't realize all the books were gone and there's none. There's so no that's questions. A good thing?
3: Okay, there you go. So all the questions have been answered <laughs> thus far. Wonderful. All right, now, Sharissa. You quickly read through I did. a uh passage there in deuteronomy twenty eight that's in the blessings and the curses, what God said would take place to his people sadly, when they walked away from God when they turned their backs on God, and it literally took place back then, and you talked about you know mothers
1: I
4: did
3: being so desperate um eating the placenta
4: mm-hmm. and uh that was a really Interesting place for us to have to cut.
1: Yeah, it was. (laughs) And
4: uh, while we were in the break, Shell did a little uh, Google search for us and she actually told us that people do this today. They actually believe it's uh, nutritional and it's good for you. and, And good for the baby. Yep, good for the baby too. And it's not just that they eat the placenta, they'll even drink. Yeah, anyway, that's enough.
3: That's enough! Can you believe yeah. it? Oh, I, I thought that was just like once upon a time.
4: Yeah, so you know that was in Deuteronomy. Mm. That's what it said there. And then if you look at in the Bible in Lamentations chapter four verse. Oh
3: 10, no, folk!
4: Should I say it?
3: I think you should because the Bible says that. And this is this is how graphic things can become and horrendous when we turn our backs on God. This is like when you when you turn your back on God. The unthinkable can take place, and this is what took place.
4: This is what happened. Lamentations 4.10, mothers were eating their own children. The Bible says, The hands of the compassionate women have cooked their own children. They became food for them in the destruction of the daughter of my people.
3: And that is what happened in 70 AD also. This happened... Before the first siege of Jerusalem by King Nebuchadnezzar, and it happened again mm. some 660 70 years later, Amazing. again, when history was repeated, Josephus. Has something interesting to yeah, share yeah, yeah. on that? Do you want to? Do you want to read that? To do
4: that one. In the meantime, countless thousands of Jews died of hunger. In every house where there was the least morsel of food, relatives fought over it, gaping with hunger. The outlaws prowled around like mad dogs, gnawing at anything—belts, shoes, and even the leather from their shields. Others devoured wisps of hay. And then there was the incredible horror of Mary of Beth Zuba.
0: Wow. I'm not
4: sure what that's about. Oh, yes. He goes on and tells how that lady, Mary, ate her own baby.
3: Wow. <laughs> so these things actually took place. Amazing. So, folk, um, what God said mm. in the book of Deuteronomy was fulfilled. Um, sadly, in the siege um, of the Babylonians, fulfilled again, the siege of Titus. <sighs> Let's hope and pray that this is not fulfilled again, you mm. know, in our day. Because we are living in a time when hunger is on the increase. We're going to be looking at that next week. We're going to be discovering next week that what happened two and a half thousand and two thousand years ago is happening right now and will continue to to happen more and more as we go along.
4: Absolutely. We actually just got a question. Oh, we've got a question that's come um, through. Do
3: you want to read that yeah, out? Yeah,
4: I don't know who sent it, but thank you so much for your question. We really love hearing from our listeners. Hey, Danny and Sharissa, your friend Brad. Oh, there it is. Oh, Brad's Brad. here. Good to have you, Brad. You discussed verse 4 in Matthew 24. You talked about end times. Couldn't we say that World War One and the pandemic of 1918 felt like end times? Why is this time any different. That pandemic in 1918 killed potentially 50 million people. What are your thoughts?
3: Okay, very, very good. Brad, you continue to tune in and we're going to take a look at the all important verse eight mm-hmm. at the end to answer that question. So, Brad, you stay stay tuned. Um, and we're going to get to that. He's a good that. listener. He's a very good listener. And we're going to get to that. Oh, is there another? No, no, that was it. Oh, that was it. Okay. Um, so we're going to get to that, um, right at the end in a few minutes' time as we, as we look to wrap up.
1: Yes, we should because probably. That-
3: that's a very important one.
4: It is. We should probably look at the next thing yep, Jesus we mentioned.
3: We are because Brad talks about pestilence as he talks about pandemics, which yes. is where we're going next.
4: Um, and actually, um, in terms of pestilences happening at the time of before the destruction of Jerusalem, it's interesting. Matthew, Acts chapter twenty-four, sorry, verse five talks mm, about it. It does. You want you to you read, read me? that? Me, for we have found this man a pestilent fellow, and a mover of sedition among all the Jews throughout the world, and a ringleader of the. Of the Nazarenes,
3: that's in connection with uh, the Apostle Paul.
4: That's talking about pestilential doctrines. Yes, spreading right. like a pandemic throughout the world. Okay. So, yeah, the word pestilence, I guess, is appearing here. But as we talked about before, thousands were perishing from famine and pestilence too. That's right. Around that time.
3: That's right. Exactly right. And sadly, where there is um, hunger, there is often disease. You know, mm-hmm. the two sadly. Go hand in hand. So we're not talking about, you know, the pest that you have at home, who may be your little brother or little sister. Um, not that kind of pest. We all have them, but we're talking about, you know, the, the, the pestilence. Now, the next section here is earthquakes. Yes. Do you want to, do you want to read, um, What took place? There was a lot of earthquakes at that time prior to the destruction of Jerusalem. And this now starts moving into answering, well, soon we'll be answering the question that Brad poses. You know, how is this time any different? Yeah. And what was happening back then? How is it any different? Well,
4: there's a few more historians to help us along here. In his Annals, Tacitus described earthquakes in Crete, Rome, Apamea, Phrygia, Campania. Cania, Laodicea, and Pompeii just before the destruction of Jerusalem
3: in 70 AD. So these earthquakes are happening thick and fast mm. in the then-known world, and I've been to some of these places. And, you know, Laodicea was leveled pretty much, so was Pompeii, Mm -hmm. um, by the earthquakes that took place during that time.
4: Okay. He, this is Tacitus, described a series of earthquakes during the reign of Claudius. He says, and I quote from his annals, Houses were flattened by repeated earthquakes, and as terror spread, the weak were trampled to death by the panic-stricken.
3: Wow. Wow. Um, here, here is, and uh, you know, speaking of other phenomena as well as earthquakes. Yes. Um,
4: oh, yes.
3: Josephus says there broke out a prodigious storm in the night with the utmost violence and very strong winds with the largest showers of rain and continual lightnings, terrible thunderings wow. and amazing concussions and bellowings of the earth that was in an earthquake. And so it's interesting that there's, and not just earthquakes, but there's a lot of natural disasters going on. Yeah, there's storms, there there's floods, and there were fires as well. So there was what we're seeing today mm-hmm. is what was happening back then as well.
4: So much so that Josephus himself understood these phenomena, this all of these things that are happening, to be signs of the times himself. Mm. Um, this is also a quote from Josephus. He said, These things were a manifest indication that some destruction was coming upon mm-hmm. men. When the system of the world was put into this disorder, and anyone would guess that these wonders foreshadowed some grand calamities that were coming.
3: Wow. Okay. Now, this is probably a good place okay. to answer Brad's question. Yes. So, Brad... Has asked a very good question. You know, World War One. Um, you know, the the pandemic of of 1918. What was it called? The Spanish flu. Yes. You know, a hundred years ago. How is that any different to us? If you want to read verse eight, Matthew 24: verse eight, the answer is right there.
4: All these are the beginning of sorrows. Now,
3: what's that word, sorrows? There, Charissa.
4: Like, it looks like just. I was talking to someone about it yesterday. They said it means you're sad, but actually in the Greek, in the Greek it means birth pains.
3: Birth pains or labor pains. Mm-hmm. So what is taking place here is different to what took place 20 years ago, even 100 years ago because now we have a convergence of all yes, these signs. Good word. So just before the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD there was a convergence of all these signs that Jesus spoke of. So there was a convergence of an increase in wars and rumours of wars, an increase in pandemics, an increase in um, famine famine, and an increase in natural disasters, especially earthquakes. And so today when we take a look at the days that we're living in, and you need to be tuning in, Brad, next week and all of our listeners next week because next week we're going to be taking a look at these very same signs but we're going to be comparing them to the front-page headlines Of today, Mm. and um, we're going to be showing how we are living in that time. And those labor pains, as we know, those labor pains as the baby draws nearer to delivery, they intensify in frequency and in severity. Isn't Mm. that right?
4: I don't know. Frequency and severity. Shell is that right? You've been
3: there. You've (laughs) been there twice, (laughs) and I've been there as an observer. And I was glad I was just an observer. I really felt sorry for my poor wife. I'm like, Oh, did I contribute to this pain? I'm sure I did. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, um, yeah, so so we're seeing a convergence. And next week we're gonna look at that in a lot more detail from mm. from our current day point of view.
4: Yes. So when he says, you know, they're just the beginning. He's really saying the worst is still coming. There's a greater trial that would still come uh, for the people back then and also when we talk about our time today, that, that's applying here as well. And it's
3: interesting here, just picking up on Mark, uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 8, that's the parallel chapter to Matthew yes. 24 and also Luke 21, and it says, For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be earthquakes in various places, and there will be famines and troubles. He uses the word troubles. Mm. Um, these are the beginning of sorrows. And uh, that word there, trouble, is is the word that literally means great turmoil in society
4: yeah it's the same word that was used when it described the stirring of the waters at the pool of bethesda that's
3: right in john chapter 5 verse 4 and so and so we've got you know disturbances Mm -hmm. taking place Mm -hmm. you know prior to the destruction of jerusalem in 70 ad and um and those troubles are taking place today and we're going to look at that more so next week Um,
4: Well, this has just been an amazing uh, time, really. There's still just so much more we could talk about. Uh, but we might have to save it for next week and we'll just have some concluding thoughts, I guess, reflections. On yes, this indeed, we, we will.
3: So, yes, yeah, so I hope you hope and pray you've been blessed by the history uh, that we've looked at for that is informative of where we are heading um, next week. So, folk, hope and pray you have really enjoyed our Bible study. We have a few final thoughts to share with you after this song from Lauren Power to redeem Thank you Lauren We're looking forward to this song We'll be back in a moment You
1: take Child of God, lift your eyes to see with every more.
3: Lovely song that was, Power to Redeem. The Power to Redeem. We thank God that we've got Jesus Christ who has the power to redeem us. And we have learnt a lot of things from the past. Wow, it's been
4: amazing. I've learned learned heaps. I know. (laughs) We've
3: we've looked at the Jewish historian Josephus. Mm -hmm. Tacitus. Tacitus. um, We've looked at scripture. We've gone a little bit in the Old Testament. Um, There's a lot more that we'll be looking at in the Old Testament, and we've discovered that what Jesus said just before his crucifixion, 40 years before the destruction of Jerusalem, took place and was fulfilled to the very letter, it
4: was. It's very faith-affirming, actually, to have a study like this and to see that Jesus' word was fulfilled, his word will be fulfilled He can be trusted. We can put our faith in Him. I was actually thinking about it and thinking too about some other words that Jesus said and uh, remembering the beautiful words in John 14, 1-3. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. There's lots of things that we could be really worried about right now in the world. Um, Lots of things that can bring us stress. But Jesus says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I might come again.
1: Mm, no, it doesn't say that.
4: <laughs> I'll think about it. He says, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. This is the same Jesus mm. who spoke those words concerning the destruction of Jerusalem. And his word was fulfilled. His, The same Jesus offers to us this wonderful hope and promise. Mm. We will put our trust in him.
3: Amen. Amen. And the final words of Jesus in all of scripture in the book of Revelation, where three times it says, Behold, I am coming. Amen. Quickly. I'm coming quickly. I'm coming, coming I'm quickly.
1: Coming.
3: <laughs> and, um, and John cries out, Even so, come Lord Jesus. So, so the, the Bible doesn't end with doom and gloom. No. It doesn't end with wars and rumors of wars and pandemics and famines and, you know, and earthquakes and all sorts of natural disasters and, and, you know, you name it, the mayhem, the chaos, the confusion that we see in our world, that's not how the Bible ends. That's not how this world will end, but this world will end with the coming of Jesus. Amen. And um, that's the Blessed Hope. That is why it's called the Blessed Hope. Yes. And in line with that, folk, we want to remind you one last time that the Faith FM show is putting on a free dinner and a talk or talks with um, two of its top show hosts, the one and only Lyle Southwell, who is blessed... <laughs> I, I think him. the
4: producer really likes him.
3: <laughs> Who is blessed to be married to the most wonderful <laughs> shell. And, um, and he'll be joined by Robbie Bergen. Not Robbie Berger. You might get a burger. I'm not sure if there'll be a burger on the menu. But um, there's a free dinner, July 2, 6.30pm, this coming Saturday night, Pioneers Memorial Hall, 54 Cowper Street, Wall's End. Just turn up and you'll be catered for the subject they're going to be dealing with. Is there hope for the future? Amen. Indeed there is. Amen. And his name is J-E-S-U-S. Yes. Charissa, have a prayer for us, my friend, before we sign off. we
4: Will do. Lord, thank you so much for this study. We thank you too that we don't have to look at the doom and gloom around us, but we can look up and look to Jesus. Grow our faith in you, we pray, and bless us as we continue to study your word. In Jesus' name we pray.
1: Amen.
3: Amen, folk. I hope and pray you have been blessed by this afternoon's show as we've been taking a closer look at the soon return of Jesus. So in the meantime, folk, until we connect next week, make sure you're here next week. Remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always keeps looking up. God bless and catch you then.
0: Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up. Don't give up should the tears begin to start. With a
1: prayer, all your cares he will cast into
0: the depths of the sea. His love is always there for me.